What's up, guys? It's the Blue Bloods, and we are back with another episode. Now, we are going to catch y'all up on all the storylines, the latest news, the breaking news, everything that's been going on in college football. We're going to kick it off talking about the potential NCAA violations that Tennessee committed, the firing of Philip Fulmer, the the firing of Jeremy Pruitt. We have all that here. We're going to talk about Texas hiring Alabama offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian. Is, is this a hire that finally gets Brandon to give give an A plus? We're going to find out today. We're going to talk about USC stealing one of the best corners in the upcoming recruiting class, Damani Jackson out of Mater D. We're also going to talk Bill O'Brien going to Alabama and Larry Scott's run as the Pac-12 commissioner is up. I'm going to tell you why the Pac-12 is going to be on the upswing from now on. But guys, we have a full show today, so let's go ahead and kick it off. said man we're gonna start with Tennessee Brandon I I know you hate talking about Tennessee I hate talking about Tennessee our listeners hate listening to stuff about Tennessee but we had to talk about this as we all know by now Jeremy Pruitt out at Tennessee Brandon uh unexpectedly uh, I would have to say I thought he was gonna get at least another year but with the violations I get it also Philip Fulmer gets turned on so that just makes me feel like these violations are outrageous there's rumors that Oh, campus visits, or not even campus visits, high school visits. They were giving potential athletes money out of pay- in paper bags and McDonald's bags. They also started fake fundraisers to give tickets to potential recruits. Um, you guys remember uh, running back Eric Gray that we talked about on the podcast a lot. He was involved. Five star Amarius Mims was involved. Um, I, I heard a, there's a, a whole list of recruits, but those were two of the big names. Brandon, what do you expect to see here coming out of Tennessee? Do you agree with the firings? And what do you make of these allegations? I I, I agree with the firings because, in my opinion, Jeremy Pruitt, uh, I mean, I know, I know what he did last season. I know what he did in 2019 and how much better Tennessee was in that second half of the season they were in the first half. I mean, they were good enough to the point that we were like, you know what, maybe don't fire Jeremy Pruitt. Because in the first like half of our first season of this podcast, we were just on the on the fire Jeremy Pruitt train. I was sitting there screaming it. I'm pretty sure we mocked up a T-shirt and said that on it. But um, no, I, I mean obviously he, he turned that around. But this past season, I mean things were just bad. Um, he was already kind of on the hot seat. I mean, like you said, you a lot of people were maybe expecting him to get one more year. But after this, man, that's 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 tough to do. Um, the McDonald's bag thing. I mean, I, what I will say, Zach, is that these past two weeks, at least in the United States, uh, memes have been everywhere about everything, and they've been golden, almost all of them. Uh, first, we got like the Bernie Sanders legs cross meme. That's that's I love that one. That one uh, might be got, one of the best of all time. It's great. It's it's fantastic. That one. The ones I really enjoy are uh, <laughs> are, are are President Biden. Um, 
like talking nonsense in memes, like things he definitely didn't say, but like people are just making fun of him. I like those. Uh, and then the, then the Tennessee players getting McDonald's bags. I've seen like McDonald's cartons, like fried cartons <laughs> with dollar bills rolled up in them instead of fries. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen a lot of stuff and uh, they've re- it's really been competing. Uh, I think that's hilarious that he's just why McDonald's bags. That's what, that's my question. Listen, if I'm a recruit, if I'm a recruit and I'm not getting a bag from a, like a longhorn bag, like a takeout bag from longhorn or like Ruth Chris or like something like that, like put it in a whole foods grocery bag. I don't care. At least you went to whole foods. Like that's, that's a nice place. I feel like, I mean, McDonald's is kind of bummy though. Right. But I guess it's a high school kid, Brandon. How much McDonald's did you eat as a high schooler? I mean, I went there. I, I, I'm willing to say every other day. I'm not going to dox you, but you live fairly close to a McDonald's, if I remember. I, do. I don't live there anymore. You can dox me. You can dox yeah. me. I don't live there anymore. Oh, oh man. Oh, smoke wood. But <laughs> smoke rise. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I don't know, Brandon. I mean, the best meme I've seen of this is by far someone took a picture of Tennessee running out of the tunnel and put the arches as like the tunnel. Hey, I'm telling you, man, they were golden, <laughs> golden arches. Uh, yeah, I can't believe you forgot the Conor McGregor memes and the Nate Robinson memes. They they are epic right there. <laughs> the one of them sleeping on the couch and Bernie watching them as like a babysitter. I, oh, I cried about that one, man. That one that one touched my soul in a in a different way. But I mean, Brandon, I feel like you got to agree with them. I, I feel like when you have violations, all all success on the field is kind of thrown out. I feel like. Once you start handing out cash and and bags to high schoolers, man, like regardless if you just won a national championship, like that's probably a wrap on your career, right? Yeah, I I think it is. Either that or he'll be like an intern at Alabama. I mean, well, oh, he could go to the Hugh Freeze. I mean, Hugh Freeze was buying hookers for potential athletes, and so. Uh, and he just got a job at a Christian school. I mean, maybe yeah. that's the way to go. You got to re no you gotta reinvent yourself. Anymore, the <laughs> they yeah, don't. Everyone loves Hugh Freeze. Everyone yeah. loves Hugh Freeze. Every job opening that's come this all season, it's you know who'd be a great person? Hugh Freeze. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's a great dude. I mean, let's but, hire Art Bryles on the to on the staff as well. Listen, I I, I got to say. Hugh Freeze, in terms of athletes or famous people, um, who who have d- done something ver- fairly bad and reinvented themselves and just got people to forget it, I feel like Hugh Freeze has got to be in the top five. No, he's like OJ. Well, people don't forget about OJ, but yeah, but, people. You know, I mean, I, I was thinking like Ray Lewis, Kobe. I mean, Ray there's Lewis, a few. That, oh my god, Kobe. <laughs> yeah, uh, Carl Malone. There you go. Lamar Odom. I mean, yeah. uh, we have a list here. I mean, this has gotten off the rails already. We are <laughs> very soon into this talking about somehow we're talking about Lamar Odom and Ray Lewis. But I mean, and what I, the thing that is almost creepy about Tennessee, man, they've, they've everyone's transferred out. This roster is going to be something else to say. I mean, this is going to be like if you got on instead of Blay and just released all your good players. Right. You're, you're playing with 60 overalls at every position and you, you look at that, you look at the team and then you're like, Oh, I wonder who's the acting head coach. Brent, it's Kevin Steele. Who, who, <laughs> People forget who Auburn fans just about burnt down the university for almost hiring after Gus Malzahn was fired and Gus Malzahn's the leading candidate right now. That look, Tennessee is just going to be Auburn 2.0. 
And, and the bad part is there are other high, so there was a rumor and Jeff Fisher said this is true. They reached out to Jeff Fisher about this job. Yes, <laughs> the same Jeff Fisher that about ran Tennessee into the ground uh, outside of the you know one Super Bowl appearance. Yeah, I mean he's making a famous return to the state of Tennessee, uh, Knoxville, maybe a little little less nice than Nashville. I, I, a little I, I feel like that's, that's a significant <laughs> amount uh, yeah. I, I, I feel like you, when you're ranking places in Tennessee to go like th- there's a difference there but I mean I look at this I look at this team man and who's going to take this job right I mean realistically it and Tony Elliott was linked to the job Tony Elliott's going to be linked to every job for the end of time so it was Brent Venables Tennessee fans said they were too good of a university for Tony Elliott that was the thing. I was researching this topic when we, when we picked it out. Tennessee fans really think the Tennessee job is above Tony Elliott, and they said it would be a downgrade. Oh my goodness! I mean, that's that's bananas. That's insane. Uh, um, do you know how lucky they be get they would be to get Tony Elliott? Insanely lucky. I mean, listen. Tennessee fans, we got to bring you back to like reality. You haven't been good since like 1998, minimum. <laughs> minimum. I mean, okay. yeah, y'all went to y'all went to an SEC championship in like the mid 2000s, got smacked multiple times. But when's real, Brandon? I mean, we grew up in the same, you know, kind of like basketball era. Do you remember Tennessee ever being good? No, I don't. In the time that I've watched, no. I remember could, a couple of years and they were supposed to be good. Oh, that's a fact. I mean, yeah, there was a few years. But, I mean, y'all couldn't even win a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. Like, let that sink in. That's tough. Let that sink in. Y'all won with the quarterback after Peyton Manning somehow. I don't know how you do that. <laughs> you downgraded in quarterback talent, and you still I, – I don't understand how you did it, Tennessee. But, I mean, so, Brandon, if you had to put – if you had to, like, guess, I mean – do you think they feel this anytime soon? Do you think they're like everyone's going to hang on and wait to see what the allegations are? Like, how do you see the situation exactly playing out up there in Tennessee? No, I think you're. I think you're pretty much dead on right there. I think. I think candidates probably will wait until uh, all of this not really blows over, but until it's you know it, it's been six days since that since that news broke. So uh, when we're recording, when this comes out, I guess it's been one week, but like that's that's not a lot of time. I mean, that's that's a that's a big situation to be getting yourself into. I mean, this is like this is. I mean, I don't want to put this on like an equal plane to like the Ole Miss scandal or or even something as bad as like the Baylor scandal. But like when things like this happen, like coaches are going to want to stay away, especially high like high profile coaches like Tennessee. Apparently, I don't know. There's there's a difference between how okay so. Why are they okay with Gus Malzahn, but but no one else? Uh, I, I, like, this is the same program. I mean, I get why they didn't want him, but let me just say this. I, okay, Greg Schiano would have been a better hire than Jeremy Pruitt. Let's okay. just get that out there. I don't care what program he was on and what year. Like, like uh, they were getting mad because he was on some shady teams, but he never was charged with anything. So I don't understand why they were mad at him. But they ran. They they pretty much hired Greg Schiano. They ran him out of town, and now they want Gus Malzahn. But, but Tony Elliott's not good enough. Uh, 
look, this is just shows how delusional Tennessee fans are. I mean, Brandon, we, we remember what happened the last time Tennessee searched for a coach and just the mayhem that ensued. This one could be even worse. And I know that sounds crazy to people who are, are up to date on what happened last time where they hired like seven people and no one ended up actually taking the job until Jeremy Pruitt. But this one could be a disaster if they don't handle this right. No, you're, you're right. Uh, and I just I, I would I want I want to get predictions for who it is, but until I find out like the allegations, Brent, I don't feel like we can make a reasonable guess at who they're going to hire. No, I mean, that's fair enough. Like like I, like I was saying, I never I guess I never really got around to my point. I kind of went around it, but no, I mean I, I don't know a coach in their right mind, one that's not like desperate for a job that would like be willing to stick their neck out for this Tennessee job right now. I I think realistically, we see a coach waiting a month or so yeah and i mean so if i i know it's so hard man especially with the instant delay what kind of punishment are we looking at here um postseason ban which won't really affect tennessee <laughs> which i was about to say i don't i was like okay bet i was like i thought they already had one postseason ban definitely uh they're probably gonna scholarships. scholarships away yeah. yeah um i don't know i mean they would probably be fine but ton yeah i would imagine and everyone's fired i think it was what pruitt um on camp four people on the on camp on campus recruiting staff a football quality control analyst the director and (laughs) assistant director of football personnel um who was it the linebacking coach um i mean they fired everybody and i mean brandon this is so serious i mean you you kind of like read what happened i mean they had four five six hour interviews with these people yeah i, I mean, want to know i want to I, I guess what i want to know is how come it's always these programs like like tennessee and Ole miss that get busted for this sort of thing like programs that aren't competing for like for, for championships uh uh, okay, let me, let's, let's just be honest here. I know who you're targeting with this. Um, I, I feel like they're scared. I mean, Brandon, yeah. <laughs> do, do, do they want those problems? I don't think they do. No, I mean, that, those are the programs. The programs that shall not be named are the programs that bring a lot of the money to the NCAA. So, yeah, fair. And the other thing is, is – Okay, so like yes, I, I would I would say that the Baylor scandal is the most serious from the recent one we've had. Oh, then yeah. worked down to Ole Miss, then worked down to here, where the three like big big scandals. I mean, there's minor violations all around the country, but I would say out of those out of the two programs that we've seen so far, Baylor did the best job at rebuilding, and they were torn down the crazy. most. The the higher it shows that the first hire after the scandal is the most important. And they made a hire of Matt Rule that was absolutely spectacular. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it it, it was amazing. And I think L, uh, Ole Miss was one away. I mean they they had like Matt Luke, and that wasn't great. But I think the hire Lane Kiffin's a good one. I think they're back on the right track. But I don't really trust. I don't trust Tennessee to make that right choice, Brandon. And I get it. Gus Malzahn, he went to a national title. He has a winning record. He's he's arguably the best coach on the market in terms of head coaches that aren't already employed. But you saw what you saw what Auburn was at the end. I mean, 
do you think Gus Malzahn, uh, let's just say the higher Gus Malzahn, Brandon, do you think he could come in and change anything? And would he be successful? No, I, I honestly don't think Gus Malzahn will be able to do anything in Tennessee. Uh, I mean, what was he able to do in Auburn? He was able to, he was able to win a national championship as an offensive coordinator. He was able to get to a national championship as a head coach and not win it. He just basically writing the talent on both of those by like a really, really good quarterback. I don't know if Tennessee, especially after the recruiting violations, or is going to have like access to that kind of talent for the next however long. I think he's honestly fired before they before they can uh, get any kind of talent like that. If you know, if he does get hired, right? I mean, I, I feel that. Uh, I, I I just. Listen, okay, this is going to sound weird, Brandon. I think he's the best hire they could make right now. Really? If that makes sense. Who are they getting better than Gus Malzahn right now? That's true. I mean, when you, when you say it like that, just because who's going to want to go to Tennessee other than the head coach that just got fired, you know? <laughs> right? And I think he's a better hire, hire than Kevin Steele. Well, yeah, he was Kevin Steele's boss last year. Yeah, and there's a whole rumor about Kevin Steele trying to take his job and undermining him. So there's a lot of drama there between the two. But I, I think it's a good hire for a team that's coming off of violations like this. I mean, for a, for Malzahn to be at Auburn as long as he is, he never even had like a minor violation. That's true. So if you're looking for someone to get the program back on the right track, maybe. But guys, we're going to keep you updated on this whole Tennessee drama. You know Tennessee. There's some no good, low down scoundrel up there, but you can't have you can't you know have everybody being good over there. We're gonna we're gonna get some uh, other allegations soon, I'm sure. More stuff's gonna come out. They said they haven't released everything, Brandon, because they're still under investigation. Let's get to some good news. Brandon's favorite topic of the day. It might be horns not down anymore, as Texas has hired Steve Sarkeesian as their head coach. Happened a little while ago, but we were caught up with championships and all kind of stuff. But we're here to cover it officially now. Brandon, Tom Herman out, Steve Sarkeesian in. What grade do you give this hire, and what do you expect from Sark down in Austin, Texas? I honestly, Zach, and I, it's horns down for life, by the way. Like, like, get that straight before we get any further. But this was a great hire. I mean, I, I don't know if they could have made a better hire in Texas. I know how much money they have. I know the kind of people they could have hired, I guess, technically. But Steve Sarkeesian, I mean, is top of the list. If we forget about the whole uh, drinking during pep rallies at USC thing, like if we forget about that, then he's the best hire they can have. <laughs> I forgot about that. I honestly yeah. forgot about that. That well, is he was tough. mixing. He was mixing. He said bad things happen when you mix <laughs> drugs and alcohol. Which leads me to my next question. Why was he mixing drugs and alcohol? But here we are. <laughs> I mean, I think he learned from his first mistakes, Brandon. I mean, oh, there's a lot of coaches who have not been successful in their first head coaching job that have went on to do really good things um, in their second. But, you know, f- to go from Tom Herman to Steve Sarkeesian and get the probably hottest coaching candidate in the country, it's got to be a steal, right? I mean, to – Take from Alabama because I mean, Texas has been trying to get Nick Saban for a while, so why not get his top assistant and see if he can bring that Alabama swagger to Texas? And you look at the talent Texas has access to, Brandon. I mean, I you know, I'm going to be going on another podcast later today to talk about the Big 12 this year, 
And uh, I, I, I came across the stat, Brandon. Texas has been the number one recruiting class in the Big 12 for like five out of the last six years. Yeah, I mean, they it's that big name program that, I mean, if you're a high-level recruit, they're going to be in your top, like, if not five, top ten for sure. Yeah, and he also reached out to Quinn Ewers, um, that num- number one quarterback coming up um, in the next recruiting cycle. Brandon, is there any way he could flip him, do you think? I mean, so, Quinn, I know he was originally committed, decommitted, and now – is he recommitted to Ohio State? Yeah, he's still yeah he's committed to Ohio State. Okay, so maybe uh, I mean crazier things have happened. Uh, I don't personally after after years of pain, I've learned that I don't I don't like to trust uh, verbal commits. I don't like to trust anything until until pins pins on paper um, when it comes. And to then you still can't so, trust them with the with the transfer portal. Zach, we why are we doing this today? What, what, what's up? You feeling you feeling okay? I'm no. not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm still pissed. I got called out for not having good information and then it being spot on and just no one saying anything. <laughs> Thanks, LSU Dan. Uh, it wasn't even him. It was just all the people no. in there, but it's fine. Uh, Dan, Dan's cool. Everyone else, nah. yeah. <laughs> everyone else can catch me outside. Um, <laughs> but I mean. So, do you agree? I mean, everyone – so, we've been talking about Tom Herman being on the hot seat for a while, Brandon, but no one thought that this was going to be the year that they made the move. Why do you think they made the move this year? I honestly cannot explain it because if I know Texas like I think I know Texas, this was like – I never expected this out of them. I never expected this sort of thing out of them. Um, like I said, on the, I mean, I don't know if it was last episode. It was one of our recent episodes – like it, it, it's shocking because this isn't the sort of thing Texas does. Texas will hold on, you know, as long as their coaches get into a winning season, at least recently, anyway, they'll hold on and they'll, they'll hold out hope. Not this time, and I'm, I mean, good for them. You know, I'm, I'm not happy about it. I hate Texas, but uh, if you're a Texas fan, I would be ecstatic. I, I cannot explain it. And now you give arguably one of the most gifted offensive minds in college football arguably the best returning running back in college football other outside of Barisi Hall. Right. And Bajan right. Robinson, you have all those wide receivers coming back. You're going to have a, have a new quarterback. And, you know, it really shocked me, Brandon. I get, you know, Ellinger has been there for a while, but you finally have an offensive minded head coach that you just saw what he did with Mac, Mac Jones and Devontae Smith. Sam Ellinger knows he's not going to be a first-round pick. Why wouldn't you just take a chance to come back? That's true. I mean, I don't know when Sam Ellinger is going to be drafted realistically. Like, he'll be drafted, but, I mean, he's going to be like a late-round, mid-round, late-round guy. So, I don't know. It's going to be I, – I would – yeah, I would say a mid-round guy. I'll I'll look at him kind of like, like Jake Fromm last year. Right. And – you know, I, I think that's kind of where he's going to fall around that fourth round spot, fifth round, because someone's going to take a waiver on him. Um, and he just won't ever play. I, I, and I'm not, I'm not saying this. Like, I, it might be funny, but I'm not saying this to be funny. I don't know where Jake Fromm's at. The Colts. I don't know. Yeah, because I, I think um, Philip Rivers just retired, and so uh, they're they're talking about giving Jake Fromm a shot at the starting quarterback job next year. Got it. That's wild. I wouldn't. Um, 
Also, I mean, on the same note, and I know this is a little bit off topic, you know where Anthony Gordon's at? I didn't know. Uh, is he on the practice squad somewhere? No, he's he's on a roster. Ooh, I don't know. He, he plays for the Chiefs. <laughs> How crazy is that? That's wild. Okay. I and told um, you guys he's going to be a Super Bowl quarterback. And I just found out on full of you know what. Uh, I got Jake Fromm and Eason mixed up. Fromm's on the Bills. Oh. He's the third string quarterback behind Barkley and uh, Josh bad. Allen. That's yeah. that's bad. That's bad if you're behind Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Jacob Eason is actually going to be starting for Indiana next year. If okay. I had to get, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Jacoby Stevens. <sighs> that's tough. I mean, listen, I think Eason will be fine. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. Oh man, but. I, but you got Sarkeesian, who spent time with the Falcons, Washington, USC. He spent time at Alabama. I mean, he's been under so many legendary coaches in terms of Chris Peterson, Nick Saban, uh, Dan Quinn, and then with the Falcons. I mean, you got to look at this dude. He has the resume. He has the offense, which Texas has been – which Texas needs. He has that experience. Now, I think this is – a Brandon – you know, we do a scale slash like letter grade. I'm giving this a 10 and an A plus for Texas. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I can give it a 10. I'll give it a 9.2. I think mean, it's an insane hire. It's great. Okay, hire. I don't get your scale. Like, okay, so like out of all the available hires in the country, he was the best one. So like, how is it not and how is it not a 10? A 10 would be if 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 Texas would have landed Nick Saban somehow. But he's not available. That's impossible. He is kind of. I mean, who's everyone has a price. No, he doesn't. They yeah. offered him ten million dollars like ten years ago. Yep. He, he like it, it, it won't, it's not happening. I promise. So Nick Saban's a ten and Dabo is an is like an eight point five. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. You <laughs> need to kidding. stop it. <laughs> I will cancel all our credentials, all our episodes. This is going to be deleted. This episode is not even going out. I'm putting this on okay. my. I'm putting this on my personal YouTube page. This oh, is going to okay. be the exposed Brandon episode. It's if my we're going to be. <laughs> you think you're getting the house, but I'm blackmailing you. But <laughs> I, I love it, man. I think Texas is going to be on the upswing. Brandon, I got to ask this question. Everyone's been bringing it up. Is this the coach to get Texas into the playoffs in a natty? <laughs> That's, that's such a tough question. I, I'd say this is the coach that's going to get them as close as Texas is, is going to get right now. Uh, if he's there and he can build something up over the next five years, sure. I don't see it in the short term. I don't see it in the next year, two years, three years. Maybe five years we could see Texas making a playoff run, but it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a journey for sure. I feel like this this program has a lot to rebuild. Uh, I know some people predicting Texas to be in the playoffs next year already. Well. Uh, that's tough i tell, tell that person to meet me outside <laughs> i feel you i feel you but guys talking about you know usc as a path you know spot for steve sarkeesian we got some usc news here brandon we only cover specific players in recruiting when they are the best of the best and i feel like this kid falls in it the number three national player for next year's recruit class, number one DV, the number one DB, number one player in the state of California, 99.999 composite rating for 247. Damani Jackson, six foot one, 185 out of Mater D, Santa Ana, California, commits to USC. 
Brandon, how big is this for the Trojans? Uh, gigantic. I mean, uh, the point nine 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 alone, and I know there's been a few players that have been a 1.0, which is even crazier. I just don't know how you do that. Trevor like Lawrence. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, yeah. But, Zach, when, you're, when your pro comparison is Marshawn Lattimore, you're pretty, pretty good. You're, you're really, really good if you're compared to one of the best DBs in, in the NFL. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this kid's definitely the real deal. And, uh, I mean, go watch his tape. I know I say this about every recruit. Go watch his tape. You won't be disappointed. No, the kid, the kid is big. I mean, f- to be a junior in high school right now, be six one one eighty five. This kid's going to be stout at the line. He's going to be able to play press man coverage. He's not going to be out. He's not going to get. He's not going to be out physical by anybody. I mean, to but for USC to land this kid over Alabama, Ohio State, all these huge schools, Michigan was making this kid a top priority. I mean, how in the world did USC get this kid? Because, I mean, we've talked recently about USC letting these home state kids walk as five stars, and they finally got one to stay. How did they, How do you think they did that? I – that's a good question. I mean, I feel like kids want to stay home. I feel like Corey Foreman staying home had a lot has, has been having a lot to do with a lot of these recruits uh, in California saying, you know what, let's stick with USC. I mean, even I know you talked about it earlier. Uh, Eli Ricks uh, is wanting to go back home and go to USC. And I mean, it's just I don't know. It's one of the, his parents moved to Baton Rouge, but he wants to go back to USC. So like, there's something going on. Maybe there's maybe there's a bit more than McDonald's bags. I'm not sure, but, but uh, there's something for sure, man. It's it's. Uh, I mean, let, let's be honest. Okay, you live in Baton Rouge right now. Yeah. Would you not rather live in LA on the beach with the sunshine where it's 70 LA, degrees year round? LA LA sucks, but yeah. Stop I, I mean, it. I get what you're saying. I, Stop Zach, it. I've I've lived out there too. I, LA LA <laughs> sucks. The surrounding area is phenomenal. It's Santa Barbara's LA where it's at. Santa Barbara's where it's at. Oh, man. But think about this defense, man. Let's talk about what it means for USC. I mean, Corey Foreman, Damani Jackson, possibly Eli Ricks. They just, their their sophomore safety this year just won the defensive player of the year in the Pac 12. Is there a defensive revolution going on at USC right now? People want to play for Clay Helton. Is this is that what's going That's on? That's right what now? I'm saying. Just a second ago, we were talking about how this dude—not just a second ago, but like uh, what last last all season—we were talking about how this dude was out of town for sure. He gets to the Pac-12 championship, and now he's landing every five star in the country. He was on like the hottest of hot seats at the beginning of last season. I'm pretty sure you and I both. Uh, I'm pretty sure that we both predicted him to be gone like mid-season. <laughs> Something clicked. I don't know what it is, but something clicked. People want to play with Keaton is what it is, I think. I don't know about that. I mean, to play for, like, the fifth best quarterback in the country, um, fifth, it's kind of tough. It's pretty good. Fifth best is still really good, Zach. <laughs> it's not rather the same how. But, no um, I mean, this kid, like I said, he, he's big. He runs a 4-5 already, Brandon. It's a low 4-5. It definitely could be pushing 4-4 four, four range. He, he's his acceleration is outrageous. His vertical is outrageous at 31, 31 inches. I mean, this dude is a beast. You've already talked about Marshawn Lattimore comparisons. He, Brandon, he played receiver until this year. Right. And he's already a five-star at a new position. 
the number one, <laughs> the number one player at that position wasn't even at this position twelve months ago. Yeah, I mean that's wild. Something else I noticed about his two four seven page Zach is that uh, I don't know if you noticed this. His last uh, his last offer, last collegiate offer, was from Cal. So I don't know if at this point Cal is just hoping like something something wrong happens everywhere else and he decides to go there. <laughs> Why in the world would he go to Cal? Uh, I don't know, man. I, that's 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 a tough look for Cal to not offer an in-state prospect this good um, until June. Yeah, that's 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 a bad look. I I I can't defend Cal, and you know what? I don't think anyone on this show expects me to defend Cal. And everyone heard you say that and said, "Yep, that sounds like a Cal thing to do." <laughs> uh, let's be honest sense. here, and you stick know, to, stick to. Stick to being smart and having protests on campuses, same things. Mm, that's that's a low blow, but we'll let it we'll let it ride. Well, it's just, we'll, it's what happens. <laughs> we'll let it I ride. I didn't say it was a bad thing. Yeah, but I, I'm excited for this pickup for USC. But like you said, until that pin hits paper, nothing's guaranteed. This kid can play zone. This kid can play man. He can travel. I'm excited to see how USC uses him. But USC always has a good quarterback, always has wide receivers. They got to get a little bit of rushing game, but they'll put up points. If they start shoring up the defense, this team is going to be a serious playoff contender. And that defense in the next three, four years is going to be looking absolutely like one of the best in the country. And for me, Brennan, I think college football is better when USC is good. So I'm really hoping this signals the return of USC in terms of national prevalence. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Me too. Uh, a huge pickup there, but let's go to another pickup back to the coaching carousel. Brandon, I cannot believe I'm about to be saying this. <laughs> Alabama hires offensive coordinator Steve. I mean, not Steve, my bad. Bill O'Brien to replace Steve. Yeah, right. To replace Steve Sarkeesian. He'll be the offensive coordinator slash quarterback coach. Brandon, how many. Uh, what would he trade Najee Harris for right now? <laughs> uh, he traded Najee Harris. Um, I saw a tweet that said a home and home with like with like Virginia Commonwealth University or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I love it. I love it. I mean, but what do you think of the hire, man? Give it a grade. What is your take on this? And does it, uh, and let's just be honest, does it even really matter who they would have hired? That's what I was going to say. I mean, realistically, I mean, out of everyone they, that Alabama could have gotten, this is like, this is like a three. Like, this is bad. But no, it doesn't matter because it realistically is, is Bill O'Brien going to be calling the, the plays? I don't think so. Uh, I know Nick Saban's a, de- a defensive coach, but he's really just the greatest head coach of all time. So, uh, somebody else will be calling in plays. He'll be using uh, Sark's old playbook. Um, no, Bill O'Brien, bad hire, man. This is awful. <laughs> it, it's – I am just shocked right now, man. Uh, listen, I – and did you hear what Nick Saban said about the hire? What? He said that, you know, we shouldn't look at his coaching um, at, at the Texans. He just had too much on his plate. Oh, Okay. And so now he's going to go win a national. He, he just had the best wide receiver in the league and maybe the best, maybe one of the best court, like up and coming quarterbacks in the league. It's like just pure talent. <laughs> yeah, apparently. I, mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, listen, 
uh, people forget though, Brandon. Let's let's be honest here. He was the coach that took the Penn State job after the whole Jerry Sandusky scandal. <laughs> so he so knows he's, pressure. He's known for bad decisions too. <laughs> Listen, I mean, he got them. He, he he. Okay, that program got decimated, and he finished an eight and four record, man. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he. And he also was on Bill Belichick's staff calling plays as offensive coordinator for two Super Bowls and was the quarterback coach when Brady had Randy Moss and won the MVP. But, I mean, everything you're saying here, Zach, is like you're not giving him any credit. Like like Bruce Arians is about to be in the Super Bowl with Tom Brady. That's, That's true. Bruce Arians. Okay, yeah. listen, if he, you he were the all, coaching if, two years if, ago. If you were the quarterback coach for the Buccaneers – would you be in the Super Bowl right now? <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, Tom, you... listen, just go ahead and go throw the ball over there. That's cool. Do whatever you need. Did you hear Bruce Arians this year say, that, oh, yeah, this year's a lot better than last year. We have a quarterback uh, in Tom Brady who I just let him call the offense, really. <laughs> so, like, what? Uh, no, yes, absolutely I would be in the Super Bowl if I had Tom Brady on my team's deck. <laughs> The crazy thing is, is like Bill o, uh, Bill O'Brien played defense in the NFL. Did you know that? I did not know. Yeah, uh, he he played defense, and somehow you know now, and he also has he also graduated with a degree in political science. So that is also a fun oh, fact we got he's today. The, he, he's the next Gene Chizik. Oh God, that would be hilarious. But listen, I mean, I, I like this hire just because. Listen, when you go into a like. Think of the presence Nick Saban already has walking into a kid's house and you see all the rings, you all this stuff. And then you're like, Hey, my offensive coordinator. Yeah. He was also just in the NFL last year and has all these connections. Not only am I best friends with Bill Belichick, I got his coach right here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the, the fact that Alabama is getting this type of advantage on the recruiting trail is just almost unfair. That's true. And and they're talking about getting NFL running back coaches, NFL wide receiver. I mean, they're getting NFL NFL, I guess, t- head coaches just to come be position coaches. That's that doesn't make sense. If LSU couldn't even get a defensive coordinator, and he's just going to call up a head coach from the NFL and be like, "Yeah, you just want to you want to come up here and just coach quarterbacks?" No, cool. they did. They did. The Vikings. Did they? Oh, that's tough. Y'all, yeah. Okay. I, so, so, just random off the top of your head, grade both these hires. Bill O'Brien, LSU's new defensive coordinator. Honestly, Zach, I mean, if I had to give these a ranking, I would like to stick with my three for Bill O'Brien, but you're pretty convincing. Um, if I have to take into account everything that uh, you just mentioned about his, about his, uh, you know, his connections and everything, you know, he technically was an NFL GM, like, three months ago so i mean that's pretty cool uh, I'm, I'm sure players will probably like that i'd probably boost that grade up to like a seven point like three like, like pretty close to seven and a half not quite um now as for lsu's defensive coordinator i'd like to know more about the guy i mean i think that he's oh god he's a really good hire for lsu i mean i obviously wasn't their first or second or third or fourth or fifth choice but uh Durante Jones, I mean, he's, you know, he's an NFL defensive coordinator, or uh, he was a defensive backs coach. 
So um, he played. He, he was a coach for the Dolphins for a little while. Zach, do you know anything about this guy? Um, I, I so he was he wasn't like a big coach for the Dolphins, but like I mean, he's had a bad heart. Listen, all in all actuality, I think Coach O is going to have a lot of input on the defense. Yeah, and I I think. I think regardless of who they hired, they're going to have to split up that duty. And I think it's a good hire because I think anytime you hire anyone from the NFL, Brandon, regardless of their role, anything like that, I think you, I think it's going to be okay. And I think LSU made a good hire, especially with how bad the fan bases were just – the fan bases for LSU were toxic, Brandon. And the fact oh, yeah, that it, it was getting to the point where people were saying that you guys are never going to survive and that you guys – like finished last in the SEC. It's like, what are you even talking about? Yeah, Zach, we all know LSU fans are the worst. Like, I, I, I love LSU, and I'm an LSU fan, but we're the worst. Yeah, but, I mean, he didn't have a huge role with Miami, so I don't know a super lot about him. And, but he coached Miami when we were absolute dog, you know what? So I'm not giving him a lot of credit there. Apparently he didn't do his job for me, so I hope he doesn't do his job for y'all. Um. But no, it's not a good, it's not a bad hire. But I would give Bill O'Brien a five, Brandon. I think I like to give fives for jobs I'm unsure about. So I'm giving okay. it a five there. It could go either way. And for an Alabama hire, it's they could have hired, they could have hired your dog, Athena, and they would have won a natty this year. It's, it didn't matter. Um, and for, for the LSU hire, I need, probably need to read more, but polit- like for way too early reaction, I'm going to give it a six. Okay. Um, I think it's a good hire. I think he has NFL ties. I think him and Coach O should be able to work well together. So I, I, I like I like that hire. The only thing I need to see is can he recruit? That's the biggest now, thing when you hire NFL people. That and what else I'll say is that he has he has uh, coached under Dave Aranda before. Like he's he was he was at Wisconsin the same time that Dave Aranda was. So oh, that, I like connection. that. I like that yeah. a lot. I mean, because to be honest, Dave Aranda really set the tone in terms of that LSU kind of defensive mentality. So I like that hire, man. I really do. Did not know he coached under Aranda. But we got one last topic here to knock out, guys. Um, Larry Scott. Um, I don't think anyone in the country was more vocal about Larry Scott and Kevin Warren than your boy here. He is officially out as commissioner of the Pac-12 Brandon in June. So his his contract was his contract was set to inspire of June 2022, knocking him out a little bit early. There's been a lot of talk about who they're going to hire. There's a long list of candidates, but no word yet. Thoughts on this, and what are you looking for the next commissioner of the Pac-12 to do to improve that conference? Uh, that's I mean that's that's a great that's a great question. Honestly, I mean I, I think Larry Scott. Um, I'm not really sure why he stepped down. Do you do you have any more insight as to like why he might have stepped down? Um, I think it was more like a forced step down. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see like the way he handled the season this year being a reason, just because like I I know the SEC took a big cut in like in how much money they made, obviously, but the Pac-12 had to just be like like this had to be like the worst year they've ever had. So I, I mean. Maybe that has something to do with it. Um, and I understand, like, he didn't have, like, I don't want to give him too much credit because there were other commissioners that handled this a lot better. I'd say he handled it 
maybe the worst. I mean, Kevin Warren did a bad job, but maybe he, he potentially could have handled this whole situation you know, as bad as he possibly could have. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'd say maybe maybe the next guy up could probably maybe maybe lead their conference, maybe like the SEC or the ACC or the Big 12 or, or one of these conferences that actually made a season happen and didn't lose all of the money that, that they – that the Pac-12 probably did. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I, I think also just there's so much pressure to have the right person there. You're looking at the Pac-12 right now. It gets no respect nationally in terms of playing uh, football, like no playoff respect. They also have the whole thing about the players boycotting and wanting to get paid and stuff like that. So you got to have a strong presence. And I don't think he brought that. I get it. I, he's done a lot for the Pac-12. But I think there's still a lot to do. You've got to improve the notoriety, the the exposure of the Pac-12. You've got to get different kickoffs, man. I mean, that's true. Good Lord, because 11 a.m. kickoffs, that's stupid. What what are we doing? But I I mean, it's really dumb. And I'd say keep Pac-12 after dark, though. If you take that away from me, then I'm firing the next guy, too. Maybe one game, but... Why in the world? Okay, so the SEC is moving away from CBS, right, Brandon? I mean, that's yes, that's ESPN, a done deal. Thank God. Why in the world would the Pac-12 not jump on that and get a four thirty three thirty time slot? That is a great question. That would be incredible. I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, I don't think all the kinks have been worked out yet. That that's still probably up in the air. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think that's up in the air. I think you can have a two. I mean, there's so many time slots to play with, and I think that's a big concern. I think I, I think home and home series are also a big concern. I know they have some now, you know, with like Ohio State was supposed to go to Oregon this year. Uh, Auburn's supposed to be going to Cal and UCLA in the coming years. Uh, there's, there's some of those games set, but you got to get in front of those Southern recruits, man. You got right. to. You got to go down and play in Jordan Hare, Baton Rouge, uh, Tuscaloosa, all that stuff. Because those recruits that are coming to visit those schools are going to see your program. And if you play well and make an impression, they're more likely to get there. They're going to have to figure that out. They're going to have to figure out how to make the players happy happy out there. And they are got to figure out money. Like you talked about that a little bit. I mean, the, the funding out there has to be able to match the SEC in terms of recruiting. Um like facilities, all that has to be matched up. It's an arms race. And really and truly, Brandon, if we look at the, at, at the Pac-12, the only program keeping up right now, realistically in terms of everything, is Oregon. Yeah, that's true. And that's because they got Phil Knight. Yeah, right. That's it. Right. That is the only reason they're in that in terms of like facilities and stuff. But Cal, Utah, Arizona State, Arizona, those schools have to catch up. Washington, Washington State, I mean – they have to catch up, and I, I think this hire for the Pac-12 is going to be just probably one of the most important decisions of the entire offseason for any college football entity involved. And I, I, I don't. The thing I don't get is so Larry Scott gets kind of forced down or kind of like shoved out the back door. Are we just letting Kevin Warren get off the hook here still? We shouldn't. I already brought that up, man, but we absolutely shouldn't. I just think that – I think that he's somehow getting credit from the Big Ten for there being a season. That blows my mind because he did not want to have a season. 
I am just mind blown with that. But guys, we're going to keep you updated on the hire here. I would like to see some ideas from potential candidates and stuff like that. So we'll keep you updated on all that. But guys, that is a wrap on our storyline updating on the whole Costable World episode. Um, y'all know where to find us, man. Instagram at the underscore blue bloods, Twitter at the underscore underscore blue bloods, Facebook at the blue bloods pod, YouTube, the blue bloods or the blue Bloods CFB podcast. You can find us at both. Um, and I forgot what the website was. Oh, the blue bloods pod.com, our website. Um, also catch me on couch coach live this whole week, man. Every other day we breaking down all the conferences on there and me and Brandon love our boy couch coach. So go give him a like and a follow as well. That is our homie. We got a lot of stuff playing. Brandon senior bowl stuff coming from both of us. I know we are both so excited for that. So stay tuned for updates on that. And guys like subscribe, rate the podcast wherever you listen, man. We appreciate each and every one of y'all, man, going into all season two right now. So, but for right now, we out. <laughs>